everybody. This is Noelle. And I'm Jenna. And this is More Than Murder, where we delve into everything eerie with a side of true crime. More Than Murder is not your typical true crime podcast. Join us on a weekly tour through the haunted, the bloody, the creepy, and the nutty on our Freaky Fridays. Yay! It's Freaky Friday! I love Friday. I do, too. The best day of the week. Yes. You know, everybody looks forward to Friday. We say it all the time, but it's Mm -hmm. true. It is. Yeah. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. Me, too. Can't complain. No complaints. No complaints. It's good weather on my way here to record. Good, so. good. Although yeah. on the highway there was a portion of hail, like in like the middle of the highway between here and there. It was weird. When I left your house yesterday, I literally hit the same thing. Like I in was the like, middle. Yeah, weird. It was like right before Wayland. Like, yeah, like, yeah. And I remember I stopped my cruise control. I and went I was down like, a couple. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, what's going on right here? Am I coming into bad weather? And yeah. then. It stopped. Gone. Yes. Oh, my God. So weird. So weird. It's like the pelt <laughs> belt or something. <laughs> <laughs> the squall zone. That's right. Front of the hail. Squall to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we're going to a place I've wanted to go for a long time now, but not yet have had the chance. Samesies. And that is Salem, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I've been to other places in Massachusetts, but I have not been to Salem yet. And we're going to go to two different places. Ooh. This is going to be a haunted episode. Mm-hmm. And we're going to the House of Seven Gables, as well as the Witch House. And both look incredibly similar to me, and I was admittedly a little bit confused at first. I legit thought they were the same house, and so... That's why we're doing both. Yeah, yeah. I can see. I can see where you did that. Yeah, I mean, they really look <laughs> the same. Really, uh, different. Yeah. So we're doing both. All right. It's not going to be a whole lot about the witch trials. It's more okay. of a haunted episode. However, like whatever piece of history fits these hauntings, and like obviously we have to talk a little bit about who owned the buildings and stuff. Yes, yes. Um, We'll talk about that stuff. Yep, so hit on it, but not really delving. We're not delving into the trials and all that. Okay. So, we'll start with the House of Seven Gables. (laughs) Can't help it when stuff is spelled like that. Yes, you have to say it with that less Gables. (laughs) All right, so the House of Seven Gables was built for Captain John Turner I all the way back in 1666. Okay, there's a disclaimer. All right, guys. So I just want to let you know that I adopted a cat, and this cat is very needy. She is meowing <laughs> at the door right now. I apologize. We're not sure if you can hear it, but... Yes, if you can. That's, that's what that's, it is. Yeah, that's Trinity, and she just is so needy. So. But yet, when she comes in, she wants to go back out, of course, because that's a yeah, cat. Yeah, yeah. So. so, yeah. That's that. That's that. Back to the show. Back to the show. (laughs) House of Seven Gables, built for Captain John Turner I in 1668. So gables are like the peaks on a house, which I wasn't really sure. So dictionary time, gables are like the peaks on a house. Interesting. So this house eventually had seven peaks and multiple fireplaces. I say Mm. uh, eventually because like he started it off and then... He added on, and then his son added on, and then another guy took away some gables, and then somebody added more on. Okay. So, eventually, and now currently, it has seven gables. Hmm. 
Captain Turner. I like to say that because it reminds me of Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, yes. Yeah, so anyway, Captain Turner was a really, really successful fisherman, tradesman, and mercantile businessman. Maybe I should have said that he was a, a very successful fisher. Do you remember? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I so remember that. What, what episode were you talking about? Who was that? Shaw Cross. Shaw Cross. Yes, he was Shawcross. a very avid fisher, you said. <laughs> I think one of my last episodes I said sleep, too. Yes. I'm so sleep. sorry, guys. All right. I promise I'm, I'm intelligent. Yeah, so <laughs> at the time, him and his family were the most successful maritime family in New England at that time. Before his death in 1680, he was able to complete some additions to the home as well as major high-class upgrades for the time. So it's like now we look back and it's considered like a really high-class, high-society interior house, like the way he decorated it and designed it. After he died, his son John Turner II continued to make additions and upgrades, like I said. And then after, um, after he died... In 1782, along came another rich ship captain named Samuel Ingersoll, and he purchased the house. Samuel had a daughter named Susanna, and she becomes known as Susan, so I'll just, after this I call her like Susan, I believe, uh, who at one point invited her cousin over to visit, and this cousin happened to be Nathaniel Hawthorne, who lived nearby. Uh, This is where he got the inspiration for his novel, The House of Seven Gables. Yep, yep. Yep. So that was really neat. Uh, For a fun fact, another fun fact, I should say, because, you know, yeah, he he was like her cousin. I think that's a fun fact. I think that's a fun fact. Yeah. The second fun fact is that in 1958, historians had Hawthorne's Hawthorne's house um, moved into the same property as the House of the Seven Gables. Oh. So they like relocated his house so that because the House of Seven Gables is now a museum. So that is also yeah, and a they lot were of it. yep, they cool. coincided a lot. So if you want, when you go to the House of Seven Gables, you can just walk outside and tour Nathaniel's home as well. So hmm. I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, I don't know if like maybe something was going on with that property. Maybe there was like a bid for somebody wanted to buy the property, like Nathaniel's. I'm not sure. Uh, Now, some sources said that when John Turner II owned the home, people and children as young as four were being accused of witchcraft, and because of this, John Jr. built a hidden staircase next to the fireplace so that he could hide his sisters if he had to. Oh, cool. And there is an image of the hidden staircase, so it is real, but the speculation is that either John Jr. had it built for his sisters or... The other source claimed that Captain Samuel was the one to install the fireplace or the uh, the staircase behind the fireplace. So I'm not oh. sure exactly who did it, but it sounded more probable that it would be um, John Turner because that was closer to the Salem Witch Trials. And Captain Samuel bought the house, I think it said in 1782. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a while after. Neat. So, apparently, in Nathaniel Hawthorne's book, (laughs) the hidden staircase is part of the story. So, uh, according to another historian, the attic of the home was once a servant's quarters. So, that's important for my next portion, which is the ghost stories. Okay. I didn't want to take up too much time on the history, as I said. So, now that we have a basic history of the owners of the home, we can move onward with the ghosty stories. I am ready. 
There are several <laughs> little ghost stories surrounding this house, but one source did say that it depends on who you ask, but of course, right? There's always skeptics or people who just don't have or have never had their own personal experiences. Oh, yeah. At all. Yeah. Or even in the house. So. Seen wandering the hallways and peeking out through the windows is Susanna Ingersoll. She lived in the house until she died after her father passed it on to her when he passed on. And it seems as though she never left. Mm. So you can see her like walking not walking in the hallways, but if you're in a hallway and you're walking, you're going to see her, like, peeking into the hallways oh. from other rooms, poking her head out, seeing what's up, what's going Blind, on, yep, who's, yep. who's in the house. <laughs> and then she's also looking out windows and stuff. So I'm like, ooh, that's one of the places you'd want to make sure you take pictures of the outdoors, like, lots oh, of pictures. Oh, yes, all the way around. So apparently there is a man. This one kind of gives me goosebumps just the way it's said so it says that there's a man that can be seen clamoring up and down the hidden staircase and no one really knows who he might be so there's just a guy i've got like goosebumps right now just like scurrying up and down the the hidden staircase yeah (laughs) creeps down to my toes the hoobie jeeves yeah some people thought it had a connection to the underground railroad which i guess could have been it could have been yeah definitely there's no other sources that say anything about it but mm-hmm. it could have been hmm. so to go along with the attic there's a little boy who has been seen playing in the attic and you can hear his little giggles and footsteps Ooh. when you're down below no thank you <laughs> yeah so there are two stories as to who this little kid could be The first is that he was one of the servants, or at least one of the servants' children, who may have passed all that time ago. Maybe he even passed in the house. Maybe he was like, you know, it was at that time period, people had illnesses that you couldn't cure. Yeah, yeah. uh, The other version is that the boy is actually Nathaniel Hawthorne's son named Julian. Huh. So maybe because Nathaniel liked that house a lot, or... You know, whatever. He might not have even ever have taken his son there. But. He could have still had a connection to the house because Nathaniel yeah. had a connection to the mm-hmm. house. And Nathaniel's house is now. Right next door. Moved. So, yeah. It's yeah. very possible that he kind of jumps around. Yeah. I like that story a little bit better. That version. <laughs> I That's, hear you. It's kind I of agree. a cool version. So, the last one for this house is that visitors often report feeling the usual things, which are nauseousness and anxiousness in the attic. Oh, yeah. Because in the servants' quarters, you'd feel like a lot of those people might feel very anxious and sick. You know, like I said, if it was a little boy, maybe he was ill. Uh, And others have reported hearing disembodied voices in other parts of the home. Mm. So those are the normal, like, feeling anxious around, like, spirits and high high points of energy or nauseous and hearing disembodied voices. Those are, like, the common, I feel like. You and I are constantly hearing disembodied voices. And we... So, Jenna and I, the past couple days, have been doing something at my house, and my kid's, like, upstairs for a nap, and twice I have heard what I thought was the TV upstairs, and I go up there, and he sits up all comfortable, still, like, drinking his milk, and he's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I'm like, did you have the TV on? No, I was laying here drinking my milk, and I'm like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. yeah. And like we've been hearing, same thing with like a couple weeks ago when we were recording. At the end of one of the episodes, I told Jenna because she was going to peek out the window. I was like, yeah, I know. I've been hearing a lady mumbling out there uh-huh. for the past like 10 minutes. Yep. She looks out the window, and there is nobody even across the street. There's Not nobody. Not a Okay, soul. so we've been hearing disembodied voices up the wazoo lately. Uh-huh. Yep. So if you guys hear anything like that in our recordings, don't pay attention to this one because it's probably just the cat. But <laughs> <laughs> Dang cat. Dang cat. <clears throat> so we're going to move on now to our second house, which is the witch house, also known as the Jonathan Corwin house. Mm-hmm. This house has a direct link to the Salem Witch Trials, and we're going to talk about how and the hauntings that are in the house now. So this house was built in 1675. It was then purchased by Jonathan Corwin, who was the judge in Salem, a judge in Salem. Uh, He was born in 1640, and he died in 1718, which means he was 78 years old. And that's very if you good ask for the me, time. Yeah, that's some sort of witchcraft on his part, yeah, staying right, alive till right. 78, because yeah. at that time, that's old. You know, patriarchy probably were the witches at that time, and they're, yeah. you know, yeah. blaming yeah. it on the women so no one gets the splash. Uh-huh. Or they went to the women so they could have eternal, and then they just threw them under the fucking bus. Yeah, or Even that. though they were the ones yep. helping them. Yep. Fucking assholes. We broke it, guys. Yep. (laughs) So, I don't really care if I'm talking bad about Jonathan Corwin. He was, of course, a huge Puritan, and he was only 24 years old. Um, Oh. It's not Mathers. I guess I didn't know that, though. Yeah, he was only 24 at the time. According to my source. Yeah. Like, people get come at me if it's wrong, because our sources say some things that... Different sometimes. I cannot fact check. Yeah. But... I mean, it could make sense, though. Yeah, because I know Cotton Mathers was actually pretty young when he came in, too. Weird. But, yeah, so Jonathan Corwin was only 24, and he actually took over for Judge Nathaniel Sultanstall in the court of Oyer and Terminer when he resigned after the execution of none other than Bridget Bishop. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan Corwin took over for the judge who was... like residing over the execution of Bridget Bishop. So being a Puritan and a judge, naturally Jonathan Corwin then presided over the rest of the Salem witch trials while he was around and ended up being one of the men who sent 19 people to be murdered on uh, based on speculation of witchery along with John uh, judge, judge John Hawthorne. Yes. Okay. Sorry. That's a tough one for me. Judge John Hawthorne. (laughs) Say that ten times fast. (laughs) (laughs) So, another one of my fun facts. Judge John Hawthorne was the great-grandfather of Nathaniel Hawthorne, the one who wrote the book on the other house we talked about, The House Without Seven Gables. Strange. Yeah, very strange. At least that's what my sources said, and it was interesting because once I read about Judge John Hawthorne being there in Massachusetts, like Uh in Salem, and then I was like, wait, Nathaniel Hawthorne, I was like... I wonder if they related, and then as I read on, yeah. it said he was the great-grandfather. So I'm like, Neat. hopefully that's true. <laughs> uh, in Ghost Adventures, as you and I know, but they did investigate at the witch house. When they were using the spirit box or something, they got a voice that sounded like it was a woman who said Bridget Bishop, and if that's real, I suppose it makes sense, because 
he he took over for that judge who sent who her took, yes, to, yes. to the took her painting. life. Yeah. So if you wanted to watch that episode, I think it was season four, episode five. I think it was called The Witch House. Right. And they like were that. like the only crew that, that had investigated there. They had to get like yeah. special licensing to go there. So yeah. Yeah, it's kinda cool. Yeah. It was more awesome when we watched it a long time ago, but you can still <laughs> watch it. Yeah, yeah. So they say that there's also a Corwin curse on the house or maybe on him because Corwin and his wife had ten children, but people okay. So Corwin and his wife had ten children. Mm-hmm. But only two of those ten children survived. Oh, my. Yeah. Literally all other eight children died very young, mostly under a year of age. One of the daughters made it till she was 19 before she passed. But, yeah, I mean, eight of their children passed away. And somehow you got John Corwin himself living to the age of fucking 78. I know. it's Even though his kids must have had illnesses, mm-hmm. he was getting witchcraft done and then <laughs> sent him under the bus. Yep, yep, I yep. hate that guy. <laughs> Asshole. Anyways, enough of that guy. Let's move on to the spooky stories. Okay. There's a cemetery down the road from the witch house where Judge Hawthorne is buried. And it's said that his spirit can be seen wandering the graveyard at night. Ooh, cool. And I know that has nothing to do with the houses, but it, it like, has to do with Judge Hawthorne, and so I thought I'd add that in there. Hey, that's cool. I think that's I mean, yeah. Salem is just obviously a hot spot for paranormal activity in general. I could have made the whole episode just Salem, but I wanted to talk about these two places. And maybe one day we will. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll go there and be able to actually make our episode off our own research from going there. I want to go so bad. So bad. Locals and residents claim many spirits from the street uh, come into their homes. Oh. So they just wander around. Because these homes are really historic still probably. You never know when they were built. Oh yeah. Maybe the spirits wandering around, those are their homes. And they just... I kind of picture it as like a New Orleans where there's a spirit it's walking just, around yes. everywhere. And that's you know? the thing is it's the land right. that it's is the land. feeling that energy. It's not mm-hmm. like a specific house. It was that whole town and that whole energy that was built off yep. of the grounds. Yeah. Inside the witch house, there are reports of the usual in any haunted place, which are cold spots, of course. Yeah. There's also the rumored disembodied voices. Visitors have heard a disembodied voice while touring through the home, and I'm thinking, could it be perhaps uh, Bridget Bishop, just Mm -hmm. as a ghost adventures thought, or maybe it was any of the other souls sentenced by Judge Corwin, Yeah, because they could be coming for him now. Uh, Visitors also report being touched by unseen things, and some people have claimed to have heard the voice of a little girl. Hmm. Uh, perhaps that could be the youngest child to be jailed by the bitch, bitch, (laughs) (laughs) the basis of witchcraft, jailed by the basis of witchcraft. Her name was Dorothy Good. And if that last name sounds familiar, that's because she was the daughter of Sarah Good, Ah. who was executed for witchcraft in 1692. Yeah. And what they did was they jailed Dorothy when she was four. Her name actually before was Dorcas. I love that. Oh my gosh, Dorcas. But it's now Dorothy, okay? I'm going to get an animal and name it Dorcas. Dorcas, that's perfect. 
Yes. So she was only four when they jailed her because they thought that her mother was a witch. And they jailed her until she confessed that so, her yeah. mother was so, a witch. Oh, that's awful. Yes. So Dorcas was forced pretty much to say that her mom was a witch when she may or may not have been and was jailed at four years old and then finally was released once I believe her mom was put to death. Uh, them early like colonial jails were probably not very good. No, they weren't. At all. Like if anybody's watched the, the show Salem, I know it's silly, but it's like pretty historically accurate. Uh-huh. And if you see their little barracks, it's pretty ridiculous. Awful, man. It's just like literally outside and a, a hut with like straw and bars. And it's like, it's mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. It's said that when Dorothy was released from jail, like I said, after her mom was admitted a wit- being a witch and then she was executed, um... She wandered the street without her mom, poor and homeless, until she died at 16. I do not know what happened to her father or why he did not take care of her. Mm. Maybe it was because he thought she was a witch too. I don't know. Maybe he was a Puritan. Who knows? Who knows? So. Salem. That was Salem. We gotta go someday. Oh, definitely. 100%. It's really not even that far. No. It's really not that far. Yeah. And I mean, my I, cousin lives in Boston, and it's only 15 miles away from yeah, here, so I'd yeah. like to go. Yeah. yeah. I've been to Boston. I've been Boston. to Cape Cod, and uh, why do I always forget the name of that? T- Provincetown. I mm-hmm. love Provincetown. But never. Never Salem. Never Salem, no. No. Love so all we got to do is save money and take a vacation there if fucking COVID would ever go away. I know. I know. Bye-bye, COVID, please. I know. I want to go places. Same. Not even, like... Is it going to be the same, though? Like, I feel like... I feel like the day that they're like, okay, no more masks, free world, like, how am I going to react to that? I'd like to say that I'd go outside and breathe fresh air amongst a lot of people, but I do not want to do that still. I'd be like, "Eh." I feel like... Even, like, I'll watch a movie or something, and I'm like, whoa, they're getting close, or they're at a no party, masks. and I'm yeah. like, whoa, this is so weird and, and foreign. it's only been a year. I know. Not even quite yet. hmm It's nuts, man. Who knows? I've kind of liked my introverted self during a pandemic, because it's like, I don't want to eat in that restaurant. Can we just order it in? And then yeah. it's like, he can't say no to me. Yeah. And then I refuse to go into the stores and stuff. So I'm like, all right, this is cool. <laughs> I don't mind doing that uh, as long as I'm staying away from people. I think that I, I will, I'll like it because we'll be able to travel, but I still don't want to go. I haven't actually been a big group people in a long time. I have not gone to yeah. a movie in the movie theaters in years because of my own personal reasons of being terrified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have not gone to concerts, although we were supposed to go to Matchbox 20 in August, and that got rescheduled because of COVID, so hopefully this year we might oh, be able yes. to go to that. Yes, Because that's been a dream. But, yeah, that's uh, that's about all I'll do with a mm-hmm. big group of people because big groups of people scare me anyways. You never know what some know. fucking freak is going to do yeah. <laughs> these days. Well, like, seriously. I was supposed to go to the Backstreet Boys this summer, too. What? Yeah, they were touring again, and I was going to go. I was like, heck yeah, it's Backstreet Boys. Um, But I don't even really like concerts, even. Like, I like concerts, but, like, halfway through the concert, I just get grumpy because people. And I just can't Mm -hmm. deal with people. And then afterwards, it's just a hot, like, hot mess of just cars, and it's, I just... 
I don't even know if I really like them. I hate the ending where there's all the cars and the traffic. Mm -hmm. But the last time I went to a concert was with you and Kayla. And it was totally ruined because they wouldn't let me switch out my sunglasses for my regular glasses. Like, why couldn't you freaking leave? That's so stupid. I couldn't come back in. If I was to leave, I can't come Mm -hmm. back in. I know. Um, I know. So I was there in the freaking stadium in the dark with my sunglasses, my prescription Mm -hmm. sunglasses. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't even able to fully enjoy the last half. I well, think that after I think the last half you could enjoy because we rushed the stage. Well, yeah, but I and you still couldn't see anything. I had to see... take my glasses off because I, because I, it was too dark. I still had to take them off, and I'm like, oh great, they're blurry. I can't yeah. see shit. Okay. So it kind of sucked. Kind of closer though. <laughs> yeah, but I think after Matchbox, that's probably gonna be my last. I was even like when Goosey asked me, I was like, yeah, that'd be awesome, but I'm still apprehensive. Like, I don't... Yeah, yeah. People do crazy things in crowds, and I'm not a fan. And even just after, like, this change, it's just like, do I want to be around that many dermy people? I know. I don't know. I I know. I've I've loosened a little bit, you know, like, I go grocery shopping with Sean, and, you know, go into the stores and stuff, but it's still just weird. It's Mm -hmm. a weird feeling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we got off track there. Hello. <laughs> yeah, we did. All right. So, uh, yeah, that was Salem and Haunted. And, yeah, I will uh, tell you that you can go ahead and uh, go to YouTube and listen to the episodes there. Yes, yes, do Keep, that, please. Yeah, hit the subscribe button. Get your friends to subscribe. Get your family to subscribe there. We need we need as many subscribers as possible. And um, keep your eye out for special video content. We will get there. We will get there and keep your eye out for some of our upcoming podcast episodes we're going to video record. And then go to Facebook to see our lives. Don't just go to see them. We can tell when you're watching, but you never say anything. So say something. Say hello when you hop on. And then, you know, follow us on Facebook at... More Than Murder. Have your friends follow us on all these places as well. Mm -hmm. Go to Twitter and follow us at... More Than Underscore Murder. You can go to Insta and follow us at... More Than Murder Pod. And for the love of God, you can send us an email at the Gmail at morethanmurderpod at gmail.com. Email at the Gmail. Email us at the Gmail. And make sure you go to our website... Sign up as a member. It's free. You can go and talk on the forum with a community, form a community. Share blog posts. Yeah, you can view the blog posts. You can view the blog posts anyways, even if you're not a member, but you can share them when you are. Mm -hmm. You can see all these awesome pictures that it takes so much time getting for you guys and uploading onto our website. So check those out while you're listening along if you can. If you want to see what the House of Seven, Ga- Seven Gables looks like, there's a picture of it up there. We got a picture of the staircase. We got a picture of Corwin. We got a picture of everything. So everything. Just go and look. Yes. Okay. And where can they look at that website? What is that website? That website is www.morethanmurderpod.com. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.